This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here's your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 9 of Aviation Careers Podcast. Ever wonder what it's like to fly as an airline pilot in an Embraer 190? Did you know that some airline pilots don't spend nights in hotels? but instead sleep at home every night? Most pilots work full-time, but some have many days off and are able to have more than one successful career. Well, Jeff Garone, he's an example of an airline pilot who also runs a successful business. Similar to Jeff, many pilots have second careers because they have as much spare time, but also want to have a backup plan in case they lose their job or their medical. While we are flying, we always have a contingency plan if we experience mechanical or unforeseen weather. In much the same way, I recommend pilots always have a contingency plan for their career. Whether it's obtaining training in another trade, building a business, or obtaining a degree in an alternate field, it's always a good idea to be prepared for a career terminating event. Well, today with me is Jeff Garone, who has ju- done just that. He has a great career in an airline, flying an EMB 190, and also he's quite the entrepreneur with a line of clothing. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Good, good. So, Jeff, we uh, first we're going to talk a little bit about your flying, and uh, you fly the Embraer 190 airliner. If, maybe you could explain just a little bit about what, what type of aircraft that is. Uh, well, it's a Brazilian-made aircraft. Ours is... Uh, Holds 100 people. They have a series of them, the E-Series, which is goes from a 170 to a 195. It's a fairly new aircraft, but uh, they're, they're really cool to fly and uh, very high-tech, at least the ones we have, and they're easy. They're easy. <laughs> well, well, don't say that. Don't give away any of our secrets here. <laughs> yeah, uh, easy in the sense that, you know, it's, it's not steam gauges where, you know, to get to this point, you should learn. Uh, once you get to the airlines, all the technology that, that they give you makes it easier. Now, this Embraer, the EMB-190, uh, it's configured at the airline you work for in, I think you said, 100 seats. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, yeah. And actually, um, I fly the EMB-145, EMB-145, which is actually uh, the 50-seat version of the Embraer aircraft. And I noticed the cockpit is really similar uh, the only difference uh, between our, well, I guess there's a few differences. The one thing that really impressed me last time I was flying in the jump seat on the 190 that you fly is they had these incredible screens. Like we have cathode ray tubes, but yours are like LCDs, and you can really see them in bright light. I think that's really cool. You know, is there any other really cool technologies that you have on the 190? Oh, absolutely. The um, You know, besides the cool avionics we have we also have uh, dual huds uh in our aircraft which obviously takes all the information that you're looking at in front of you and bring it up in your uh in your face so while you're flying you, you can do uh you know any of the ILS's we we do cat 3's hand flown with the uh, hud um obviously we have a bunch of procedures to go through but uh, it's really cool to see how it works, and and that HUD is is something else. Say so what what exactly is the HUD for those? Uh, it's called a heads up display. He, heads so. up display. Yeah, sorry. So it basically, takes the information you're you know looking at when you're flying normally, and puts it up uh, in a piece of glass that's in front of you, looking out the windshield. It has uh, another cool function is a zero pitch line. 
So say you're flying over some weather, you're coming up onto some weather, you can actually see if you're going to go above it, in it, uh, or around it. And also it's easy to point out traffic to the other pilot. Uh, you can say, hey, look at the five degree down mark and there's the aircraft. So uh, it has a lot of other cool functions, but those are the real simple, simple things that it can do that can help you out while you're flying. So this heads-up display, you don't only use for approaches. You actually use it while you're in flight and cruise? Yeah, we're required to uh, keep it down at all times. Uh, we use it for takeoff. We do low-visibility takeoffs with it. Even at cruise, I would say the only downfall of the HUD having it down all the time is at night. It's really hard to see things So because uh, it puts a green glow in the cockpit. And it's not much you can do about it because it's a reflective glass that you're looking through. But you learn to you learn to work with it. So now this green glow that you're looking at, the images that are on there, like airspeed and all, you also can have. Do you have an image of the runway, or or what else do you see? Like, do you see through the fog, or? Um, no, not like an EVS system, which is is like uh, I don't know how to explain that one, but you can see through fog, which uses the lighting off the lights on the runway. This one. It's just like looking outside your window, but it does have cool functions where it takes away information once the aircraft is configured and below 1,500 feet. It takes the speed tape away and just gives you speed. It takes some of the air, air information away. It kind of declutters what you look at so you can focus on the task at hand, which is flying to a runway. And then a Cat 3, it's really cool, is it actually brings a runway into focus from outside in. So really, if you didn't see anything, you would actually see a lining of a runway. Uh, and we sometimes just train when we have extra time in the sim just to put the visibility to zero, zero. So we just fly directly off the HUD and we can land. We'll land, do our procedure, stop, and then turn the visibility back on and you'll be in the center of the runway every time. That's cool. I tell you know, I guess the toughest part about that is maybe not so much landing, but getting off the runway once you're there. <laughs> yeah, know, just yeah. trying to find the gate. <laughs> yeah, you, using the low visibility charts you know, is probably the hardest thing of the whole day. Mm-hmm. Uh, is getting to the gate after that. So, and uh, that's also depends where you're at too. I mean, right. you know how that is. But, uh, yeah, that sounds like a really cool airplane, I tell you. I, I'll have some links uh, on our website at Aviation Careers Podcast to the actual plane that you fly, the 190. Um, is there anything else about the plane before we go into actually your career experience that you want to share with us? I don't know. I just think it's a really cool, hey, it's a really cool-looking jet. It, I used to fly some Gulf Streams, and it actually flies a little bit better than a Gulf Stream. It's real light on the controls. It's kind of like a Hawker jet. It's real light on the controls. Um, it's, it's nimble, uh, it's powerful, so and it's pretty reliable now. When we first got them, it had its issues, just like any new airplane does. Um, but we've worked the kinks out, and it's doing pretty good now. Jeff, you've had a really interesting career. I've I've know you from uh, just around the airport in Florida, and uh, now talking to you about the airlines, I noticed you had, and I couldn't believe it when you told me this. You were able to actually run a business also, and you're home every night is what you said. Is that true? That's true because I maybe, maybe, I mean, this is like a slight maybe do an overnight, and that's just because I choose to do one uh, if it's at a cool destination. Now, I've, I'm pretty lucky. I'm like 1% of a million 
pilots that get to do this. But, I mean, it's not like I didn't pay my dues. I was based in Boston on reserve in the middle of the winter for a few months, and I was in New York for two and a half years. I just got lucky when they opened the base right. up down south. So they, There are people out there, and this is something I want to stress, is that there are people that can actually do day trips. And that's what you're talking about is when you just go away for one day and come back. And at, at many different airlines, the airline I fly for, but usually those trips go to the really senior folks. So you must be really senior uh, at, your, at the position you're in right now at the airline. Yeah, I, I bid three now. So it's, oh, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was always my, you know, wishful dream would, I always thought would be cool is to drive to an airport or drive to your local airport, fly an airline out for the day and fly it back and be home. I mean, I never thought that would happen and it's, it's actually happening. So, um, I guess to say, you know, dreams do come true. In your case, they have, and that's terrific. Uh, so now you could really, like everybody likes to say, you really are working part-time as an airline pilot. You also have some other things involved. Uh, you're involved in a business, and you have a family life and all. Let's talk a little bit about about that business, and uh, we won't talk yet about the actual business itself, but let's talk about some of the benefits of owning a business, because uh, a lot of airline pilots... Uh, like to own businesses on the side and because they have so much spare time, and also some of the challenges of owning a business. So, so what what do you think are some of the the, the key benefits to having a business while you're working as an airline pilot? Um, you know, as as an airline pilot, you can only fly so many hours in a month and so many hours in a year. So it's all divided up. So you do get a lot of time off. For me, was the idle time was it was uh, more stressful than it would. Doing nothing was more stressful to me than actually doing something. I've always been this way. So owning a business just keeps me challenged and engaged, things around me. So that's kind of why I started it. And I just, what I started was I wanted to basically change the look of the aviation industry and what what we should wear, what I thought was cool. Um, unlike some of the stuff that, you know, you can go to any sporties or pilot model or wherever and, and get the same shirt, which is removed before flight, bad attitude, which has been around since the 80s. So I created something I thought was cool, which brought in kind of a surf, motocross, action, sports look to the industry. You were able to develop this business while you're working at the airline, correct? Correct. Okay. So there must have also been some challenges at trying to build this business while you're working at the airlines. What, what type of challenges did you run up against? Well, there's challenges every every day. It never stops. It's it's as you grow. There's different challenges. But uh, in the beginning, it's it's for me. It was really coming up with the idea and and getting the getting artists and working with that and getting the shirts and getting the printing and setting up basically what we call the system. But once you get the system in play, that's good. And then you got to get customers. <laughs> so that's another whole ball game and you know, advertising and putting it out there and, you know, what do you use? Do you use business cards? Do you use, you know, Facebook or, or whatever, Twitter? There's just so many different avenues nowadays. It's not just simple, you know, put an ad in the paper and, and go. It, it, that doesn't even work anymore. Um, now it's all about target marketing. Um, so the, the challenges are changing daily. I mean, now they have Instagram, which is, you know, the next, hey, look what I'm doing at this moment. Tell me if you like it or not. So um, we've been trying that a little bit just recently, and that's that's actually created a lot of international uh, queries 
um, which we haven't been able to go international yet. We're working on it, but that's the next step. That's the next challenge really for us. And I guess the cool thing is if you wanted to go see somebody, you could actually jump on a plane and fly for free. One of the great benefits to working for an airline. Oh yeah. Jump seating is one of the coolest things you can do. Uh, you know, you're bored one day and you want to go to New York or you want to go to Chicago or California. You, sh- you know, show up at the gate, show them your ID and say, hey, can I go on this flight? And if there's room, they'll put you on. And that's not just on your airline. No. You can go on a whole bunch of different airlines. Yeah, yeah. You can go on pretty much any airline in the world um, with the airline I'm with. Um, some of those you have to book in advance, but yeah, you pretty much go anywhere in the world for nothing. I mean... Less than starting the APU. But that, that is, that's really neat, though. And people don't realize that. I mean, you could have breakfast in, in Bonaire and then have lunch in London, that type of thing. And it, yeah. it's, 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 it's actually, you, you could do that. If you use it, yeah, use the airline to your advantage. It's a really, really cool lifestyle. I think no matter what, it's a really cool lifestyle. But, uh, you know, that's my opinion. I, I do, too. I absolutely love what I'm doing as far as working for the airlines, and, and you obviously do also. You know, one of the things that worries a lot of people when they get into flying is the fact that they might have, a, say, a medical issue or a license issue where they lose their license. And I've always told people that they should have some kind of contingency plan as a pilot. You know, I have other income, and you obviously have other income with your business, and you know what? Do you think it's important, first of all, to have a contingency plan as a pilot? Yeah, I think actually anything in life, it's good to have a backup plan because putting your eggs in all your eggs in one basket uh, is never really a good idea. I mean, it is to be fully committed to something, but also have something in the back of your mind, uh, just like any pilot does. You know, if you come up to weather, or you have a mechanical or something, you always have some idea. Like, hey, if I'm flying a single engine airplane and my oil pressure starts going down. You're either looking for a field, a road, or another airport for sure. So I would say yes. I always have a backup plan. I do think that's important. It's just, uh, but this job is so cool. I mean, it's it's such a neat thing to do. It, I would like to have a contingency plan as far as careers. Say, you have another degree, say, in something else. Like I have a degree in computers, so if I lost my medical, I could go to computers, that type of thing. Right. I mean, it's it's scary, you know, saying something does happen, you get a medical, but. Um, you know, if you're driven and if you can think outside the box, there's plenty of jobs out there. It's just being creative and being passionate and working hard for something. That's the key. It's not, hey, I was a pilot. I deserve to be an executive at wherever. You know, you, you started at the bottom, you know, when you started flying, worked your way to the top. You know, you got to start at the bottom somewhere else. Um, some guys slide right into management of some sort, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's different, you know. When you're used to being a pilot and being in control all the time, to having someone looking over your shoulder all the time is completely different lifestyle. Well, Jeff, what one more thing, and I, you know, I, I think I don't think I've ever asked you this, and I know we've known each other for a little while now, uh, about how you got started in aviation, and uh, you obviously really love flying because you fly small planes, fly airliners, and you're into aviation clothing. There's a lot of people here listening, and they're at that point of thinking about their career in aviation. It's always nice to to find out, you know, where did where did you get started? And so, Jeff, how how did you become interested in flying? Well, it's it's kind of interesting. I, the girl I was dating in high school was on the yearbook committee, and she did a story on one of my teachers who happened to be a pilot. 
he asked her to go fly. She asked me to go fly, and I said, okay, I'll go, even though I didn't like flying at all. I mean, not at all. But I went, and uh, I thought it was real cool. So then I went off to college, and uh, I was making some money. I was bartending and being a waiter and everything, and I had a little extra money, and I went to go buy a motorcycle, a street bike. But I said to myself, if the guy doesn't come down to this certain price, I forgot what it was, but let's just say it was... 3500 bucks. Um, if he didn't come down to that price, I was going to go get my pilot's license because it was about the same price. I remember that. So I went and to go buy this motorcycle. He wouldn't come down on this price. So I went from where I was meeting him to buy the motorcycle to a phone book because we didn't have iPhones then. So I went to a phone book and I just started looking up schools to get my private pilot's license. I called Figured out kind of which one was the cheapest because I didn't have any that much money. Found one local and uh, signed up that day. And I went and flew, I think, a day or two later, the early morning flight. And uh, since then, I was hooked. I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. What was your, your favorite thing about flying or, or maybe what is your favorite thing about flying right now? I just think it's the freedom, the freedom, you know, just getting away. I would say being your own boss and the responsibilities and the instant gratification um, when I say that, I mean, you've taken off from one spot and you've landed in another and all, you know, 100, 150 people have relied on your skills and your ability to get you there safely. Um, so it's kind of an instant gratification when they're walking out thanking you all 100, even if it's a bad flight, they're still thanking you. Right. So I, I just think it's real cool. And I, I did that in corporate. So I was flying CEOs around. Same thing. They didn't have to talk to me, but they did. You know, I was I was the age of their sons, mostly. So you went from flying small planes on to doing some corporate gigs, and then you got on with the airlines? Correct. And did you ever flight instruct? No, I, was, I, I went to take the tests, and I took most of them, but then I ended up getting a job flying Learjets really quick. So I, I didn't end up pursuing it. You know, that's a good point you bring up. Most people think you have to become a, a flight instructor. You don't necessarily have to do that, and you're a good case of that. You actually went right into actually flying an airplane without instructing right. first. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I just, I got to say, I got lucky, you know, and it, it's really because I was passionate and I was driven, and that's what I wanted to do, and I knew I wanted to do it. So I talked to everyone that I could think of that looked at airplanes, you know, just to meet people, and uh, it worked out for me. Hey, is there, is there anything you could say, before we move on to our product recommendations this evening, is there anything you could say to the audience here, no matter, say, what age, for the, the young folks thinking about starting out, uh, and I get a lot of questions like, hey, is this really a good career to people that are thinking about changing careers, or maybe even people that are looking at it part-time, is there any advice that uh, you might want to pass along to those folks, any of those folks? I would say it's, it's probably about the coolest job that you can have. Um, it's a lot of responsibility. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of study. But the payoff is huge. Uh, like I was saying before, it's instant gratification. It's not like you're sitting in the office in the cubicles, you know, trying to make sales and making quotas. You make your quota every day because you're taking people from A to B safely. That's your job. And and the, the view is beautiful every day. It's beautiful. Sunshine, clouds, you got beautiful water, um, you know, beautiful people. I mean, they're just it's it's a great job. Well said. Boy, I tell you, it makes me want to go out and fly right now. Now, how? just uh, back up just a second. How long did it take you to get from the point where you started to where you actually became an airline pilot? Um, I, 
I think it was, it was like 12 years. So if someone's going into this, and this is what I want to stress for all we talked about, if they're going into this, it's not going to happen right away. You know, we talk about instant gratification as far as what we're actually doing flying, but there, there is delayed gratification as far as your airline flying career. You have to do a lot of steps before you get there. It just doesn't happen overnight. No, it, it doesn't, and it, it shouldn't. And the reason I say that is, you know, you get your private, you feel really good, you're scared, but you feel really good. You get your instrument, you're like, okay, I'm the man. You know, I can do stuff now. And then you get your commercial, and you're like, I can be paid for what I do now. Even then, when you really think you can do it all, you really, there's a lot more to learn. This job, I, you know, I've got probably over 8,000 hours now. And I'm still learning every day. There's something to learn every single day. And, you know, I never believed the old guys where they were always said, you need experience, you need experience. And I never believed them. I'm like, I can do what you can do. But there are scenarios where experience comes in hand rather than reading a checklist. Very well put. And I think that's that's true in almost every career, but especially in aviation, because it can really bite you. Yeah. But Jeff, it just sounds like you've had had a really cool ride uh, going from point A to point B in this aviation, and uh, kind of glad that the price wasn't right on the uh, on the motorcycle, because now we're talking today about you working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's like taking a highway. Either you keep going or you get off on an exit, and I just kept going, so it worked out. It truly is a, a varied path on our way to uh, our aviation career goal. Well, Jeff, that, that was great. And, and for people that have questions that want to direct those questions to Jeff, they can just contact me, and I'm sure Jeff would be more than willing to answer those questions about the MB190 or anything he talked about. So I'll definitely send those along, if that's okay with you, Jeff, if I could have those questions forwarded to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, I, I appreciate you talking about the airlines, and I'd like you to stick around for our product recommendation because uh, one of the recommendations is actually uh, something that you make. You don't mind staying for a little bit. Yeah, no, no problem. Well, Jeff has created, as he talked about before, an outstanding line of aviation lifestyle clothing, which can be worn by everybody. I really like his designs. They're really cool. And, you know, we talked a little bit with Jeff about starting what he called the clothing business. It's called V1 Clothing. And he has some really exciting designs to offer. As a matter of fact, gosh, it was about maybe six months ago. I can't remember. I produced a video for the pilotreport.com showcasing some of V1 Clothing's designs and their pilot bag. And I think you'll find that his products are both stylish and practical. As a matter of fact, to see that video, just go to Aviation Careers Podcast, and I'll have the video right in the show notes. But instead of me telling you all about the, his products from the lifestyle clothing to the bag, the bag would be very practical for you folks that are looking to get into aviation. I'm going to have Jeff tell us a little bit more about what V1 Clothing is and where he can find it and tell us a little bit about the pilot bag. So, Jeff, what is V1 Clothing? V1 Clothing is a edgier aviation clothing lifestyle. I came from a lot of motocross, action sports, you know, just being outside. Um, and I made, I took all that that you, maybe people represent where they have clothing for that. I mean, I took all that and I made it into aviation. So a lot of our designs are, you know, we got like one that's a prop skull. We've got sayings like live to fly. We've got an angel shirt, which is really cool. They're big designs. They're classy, but you definitely stand out. And I also designed the uh, backpack cooler, which was designed for the airline industry in mind. But it's it's so practical that uh, you can use it 
on anything. I mean, it has a cooler on the bottom. You stick all your headsets and computers and everything else. Everything has an iPad now, so stick your iPad in there, and it fits everything. It keeps your drinks cool or your sandwiches. I take sandwiches every day to work because I'm doing day trips, so I, I use it every day. Now, the uh, the shirts that you were talking about and the clothing, you know, again, this is stuff that people can wear every day. You don't necessarily have to be in aviation. As a matter of fact, some of the shirts are very subtle in the way that they describe the aviation within the artwork. And that's one of the things I think is really cool. But I think one of the things that you've done that's that's been great is that you've brought out a lot of these cool aviation shirts to women also. There's one that I like in particular, and you're going to have to help me out with the name again. It's like this pink one, and it has like a compass rose on the front. Uh, and, yeah, the uh, the nautical shirt. Yeah, that thing's awesome. I think that's a great shirt. And that's actually probably my favorite female shirt in aviation because it can be used in aviation and nautical. We just came out with a new one. Just It just came in uh, a day or two ago. It's called the uh, Sky Goddess. You'll, you'll like that one, too. Cool. I'll have to, have to take a peek at that. Where am I going to find it? Where would I find uh, these the styles that you have? Well, you can go, to make it easy, you can go to v1clothing.com and go to where to buy, and you can see a list of places there. I also run uh, a site that's uh, called Airspeed Junkie. Um, I'm partners in that, um, so I prefer you to go there too. But there's plenty of other retailers out out there that that have them. Um, the list is there. Uh, you know, we've got the Sporties and Aircraft Spruce and Stop by Store and Banyan and Field Chops and there's there's a bunch out there. But obviously, Airspeed Junkie is the one I would prefer everyone to go to. Right, and we'll have links to that in our show notes, how they can get to V1 Clothing and Airspeed Junkie. Now, as far as the pilot bag, um, it's actually a cooler bag. The neat thing about it, uh, the one thing that I like, is that it has a very small footprint. Yeah, it's it's basically like your normal backpack condensed with a cooler on it, but it holds a lot more than I ever thought when I was designing it that it would. For a while there, we were... In the airline, we were carrying our JEPS books plus a laptop, a 15-inch laptop. So we'd carry that in the top. Plus, I would put a couple magazines because I was trying to max it out and see what it would be like. And I could do that plus put food in the bottom. So it, it carries a ton. And sometimes I do, if I do an overnight, in the cooler part, I'll put a pair of shoes, socks, uh, underwear, and a shirt for the one overnight. And still carry the stuff in the top, and there's your overnight bag. And that's great for hiking around. You know, you have all your stuff, and you jump out. And the one thing that that I'd like to highlight, as far as the the bag itself, a lot of airlines don't want you to have backpacks, so you have the straps on yours. You can actually hide those straps, so you can actually use it and attach it to your bag. So it still looks good with your uniform. Exactly. When you're in uniform, obviously you don't want to be carrying a backpack around and it does two things. It makes you look unprofessional and also wrinkles your nice pressed shirt or jacket. <laughs> so carrying is a lot easier. Is there anything else you want to say about that before we move into our recommendation for a reading recommendation? No, just uh, when you guys, you guys listen to this, go to the website, check it out. You know, let us, uh, you know, write us on the website. Let us know what you think. Now, as far as our, our next recommendation, actually, I spoke with Jeff, Jeff before this, and he actually knows about this book. And just in general, in the age of electronics, good math skills are still relevant because as pilots, there's many situations where you're asked to make quick decisions based on figures you're given. 
If you're preparing for a check ride also, the examiners will ask you to calculate numerous items during your oral exam. Or say you're preparing for an interview with an airline. Some airlines take their interview questions directly from this book. The book is called Mental Math for Pilots, Professional Aviation Series. And it's for pilots looking to improve their math skills in the cockpit and easily perform math calculations in their head. This book offers uh, numerous tips and invaluable tricks to help in areas of cockpit calculations. And Jeff, you've actually heard about this, right? Mental Math for Pilots? Oh, yeah. It's a very good read, and it's very important. I mean, the three to, three to one rule is in there. I mean, that's huge. We use that every day, even though the technology of today you don't need to, but it's always good to have that you know rule of thumb. Yeah, the three to one, uh, you're talking about the descent rule. That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so all that you'll figure out in there. And this book is really good because pilots are guided through basic and more advanced formulas with explanations on how to perform them without needing paper and electronic calculators. It also gives step-by-step instructions and some practice exercises and some personal advice from uh, experienced pilots. There's easy and quick methods for calculating airborne math problems in route descents like he was talking about, the three-to-one rule, and also visual descent points. So if you're considering becoming an airline pilot, Mental Math for Pilots is a must-have to prepare for an interview. This book is also for pilots preparing for a check ride, proficiency check, or for pilots wanting to improve their in-flight calculation performance. To look inside this book or re-reviews Mental Math for Pilots, I'm going to have a link on my website here, Aviation Careers Podcast, and you can actually look inside the book and look at the chapters and read a little bit there. Well, folks, I, I hope you've enjoyed our discussion with Jeff Garone, airline pilot and entrepreneur. And for links to all the items we discussed in this episode, please visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. And if you have any questions for myself or for Jeff, you have any comments or suggestions, say, for upcoming episodes, please contact me by email or on our contact page. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Flying Careers. And remember to like us on Facebook also if you want updates on episodes and other aviation career news. And, Jeff, how can they get in touch with you? Where would they go to get in touch with you? Um, you can go to the Airspeed Junkie, and if you want to just type in Jeff at airspeedjunkie.com, uh, I'll receive it, and uh, I'll comment back. Great. Terrific. Well, this podcast is available for download on your favorite device by visiting Aviation Careers Podcast. We're also available on iTunes and have been recently added to Stitcher Radio. To find out how you can listen to Aviation Careers Podcast on Stitcher, click on the link in the top right of aviationcareerspodcast.com, or there's going to be a click or a link on the show notes. There's one more item I want to go over before we go. It's been really great since you guys have, have sent in a lot of questions, and uh, many of you have asked if I'd be available for career counseling. I'd love to help each and every one of you individually, but since I'm busy with my flying job and creating content for this and other websites, I, I don't have the time right now. So I did come up with an idea. If you have a question or want some career counseling, no matter how complex the question is, write it down and email me on my contact page or send it directly to me, and the email address is carl, C-A-R-L, at aviationcareerspodcast.com. I've already compiled questions that have been submitted, and they'll be included in the next episode with extensive answers to those questions. As a matter of fact, we'll probably do a whole episode just on answers to your questions. We'll be including those questions also in other future episodes, so keep them coming. I've had some really 
great questions from those looking to start a career in aviation, people changing careers, or looking for a successful part-time flying career. If you have any questions about careers in aviation, please feel free to ask. Well, thanks again for listening, and remember to keep your head in the sky while building a foundation for your aviation career here on the ground. Stay flying and talk to you next episode. You've been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, All Rights Reserved.